Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Saturday, October 3rd, 2020. I am Andrew Hansen alongside Shane Caldwell. And we're getting ready to break down the main slate here, the NFL in week four for Sunday, October 4th. And Shane, the games are dropping like flies here. Tennessee, Tennessee and Pittsburgh, not going to happen. KC and New England, not going to be on the main slate. And it's unfortunate news for everybody involved. Obviously, we wish uh, the best of health to everybody in those organizations. But in terms of DFS, you know, it's not the worst thing. It makes it a little bit easier for us to narrow down the player pool. Yeah, I think it's hurting the, the season-long world a little bit. But at DFS Coach Talk, we're not too worried about that. So, right. uh, you know, we, we pretty much had already, uh, you know, we pretty much already analyzed the games and took out the Pittsburgh-Tennessee game uh, at, when we were doing the primary, our primary research in our first podcast of the week. And then New England-Kansas City, when we broke that down, we weren't getting a ton of exposure to that game anyway. So it doesn't dramatically affect our, our targets, uh, target players here. So, but yeah, right, right when I was confident talking about how great the NFL protocols are, then all of a sudden the COVID <laughs> starts popping up. But you know what? The, the, the Inside the facilities, they have like their own bubble. What they can't control is when the players go outside the bubble and go elsewhere, you don't know what they're doing. I know that there was a, uh, you know, a video going around social media of Derek Carr, the LA Raiders quarterback, you know, out at a party, you know, with a huge banquet hall, no one had mask on and everyone was just, you know, in that room together. Uh, they made a big deal out of that. And, you know, I could see someone like Cam Newton going out and doing the same thing, just being out, you know, with large groups and gatherings, you know, no mask right. and just kind of an invincible feeling. And then, you know, the idea of a quarterback in the huddle yelling the play calls that close to all the other guys, you know what I mean? We, yeah. You know, talk about, uh, you know, the ideal environment to spread the, spread the virus in, you know, in closed locker rooms. It's just not a great environment for football with that many players in there. So they really have to do a lot of contact tracing and they have to be super precautious. And it, yeah, it could get ugly soon, you know, very quick if they don't, if they don't get it under control, you know, but it's, a, hopefully it's, it's a good uh, example of what other players should not be doing and that they should be more careful when they're outside the facilities so that we can have a season. Because if it gets out of control, then it's going to be like this every week. So hopefully this is just a lesson learned and that we'll be able to move on from this and, and be just fine. Absolutely. And the bottom line is, you know, we adjust on the fly. We take it in stride. Uh, we prepare for all the contingencies and, uh, you know, try to build those final lineups, whether it's pivots, you know, right before the one o'clock kickoff based on injuries, canceled games, delayed games. Uh, you name it. So we're, we're going to be ready for you. And uh, we'd love to have you, you join us as a member if you're not already. And we'll give out uh, FanDuel lineups. We can give out a full lineup there. And that's what we do. We give out the cash lineup, the GPP lineup. And then on DraftKings, we give out the coach's clipboard with a bunch of highlighted core plays and pivots. So you can build your lineup there. And then the uh, Yahoo full lineups. And we've had a terrific record so far on the main slate, uh, 13 and two. So we're gonna keep crushing it here in week four. Um, if you do wanna join, go to dfscoachtalk.com and you get a weekly membership, a monthly membership, annual, or the fall special, take you through the end of the calendar year. So love to have you join us. Uh, plenty of time here before kickoff on Sunday to do that. Uh, can Archie. I just add one thing real quick here? Please do. So besides the the big news, the, the COVID news here and the postponing games, the other theme of this uh, slate here for week four is the injuries. Uh, yes. There's major injuries across the board, and I get it. NFL, there's always 
injuries, but this week specifically, there's major injuries to key defensive players and key offensive players, and that's really going to dramatically affect the slate, and I think that's another uh, another area we're going to gain an edge because I don't think your average everyday DFS players checking every single position for every team and all the different scenarios and how that's going to affect their grades and pass coverage and pass rush and stopping the run and all those different things in the matchup specifically. So I think that the dramatic amount of injuries here are going to create a big advantage. You know, it might create a little bit of chalky place here and there, but I think for the most part, it's going to be a big edge because most people aren't paying attention to all the team's injury reports like this. Yeah, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So we're going to sprinkle those in as we go. And again, what we did on the Thursday show is we went game by game. Here we're going to go position by position. Before we get into the quarterbacks, just want to thank our presenting sponsor, betus.com.pa. Awesome sports book for all your sports wagering needs, casino action. Head over there, use the promo code COACHTALK, all one word, get a 125% match on your first deposit. So we thank our partners at BetUS. Uh, Shane, who are the quarterbacks that we're going to want to thank for their outstanding DFS performance in week four? Well, we might have to go for a little repeat performance here and see if they're going to let Russ cook again. You know, I got to say that on every podcast, right? He's so, going to be nice and warm down in Miami. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, exactly. He's going into Miami. And in my initial reaction was, well, I don't know if Russ is going to cook in this one. Why, why wouldn't they just run the ball? Miami's pretty weak against the, the run. Um, but, you know, both of their, uh, you know, Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde have been kind of banged up. They're going to play, but they're kind of injured. Uh, so I don't know if they're going to be able to dominate as much in the run. And I'm actually suspecting that this game is going to be a little more of a shootout. The over-under is all the way up to 54 and a half. Of course, Seattle's the favorite, but Seattle did lose uh, their their starting safety there, uh, Jamal Adams. And with, with Adams out, you know, he he's the best player on the Seattle uh, defense by far. It's not even close. He's all over the formation. He's doing all kinds of things. He's helping run support coverage. He's helping take away the opposing team's best wide receiver, best skill position. So with Jamal Adams out, the Seattle defense goes from bad to even worse. And this this is a little uh, means a little bit of Fitz Magic time. And because Fitz Magic, I think, is going to be able to score a lot, that means Russell will actually be able to to throw and get get the volume he needs on the other side. And they're not just going to be able to take the air out of the ball. So I think this is this is a shaping up to be a nice high scoring shootout. And it happens to be Fitz Magic, who who pretty much is a careless gunslinger, which I love for DFS. You know, game, this this type of game script here, and against a decimated uh, you know Seattle team that lost their best player on defense. And that's been really horrible against the pass and just been completely shredded. Um, and, you know, I think Miami has some good weapons that match up well against them. So I, that's why I really like this game. And that means if Russell Wilson has to throw and he's got great matchups, uh, Byron Jones is still banged up for Miami secondary and Miami doesn't have much of a pass rush to speak of. And it's just complete mismatches. Uh, especially with Tyler Lockett again. So it's pretty much, you know, going right back to the Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett stack that, you know, we did last week. And I know a lot of people will be doing that, but in cash games, that might be a necessary thing to do this week with, with those, with those players, uh, uh, you know, in general. So I, I'm really liking Russell Wilson. I don't think this is going to be a blowout game. I was initially worried about that, but at this point, I'm not worried about that as much. Yeah. Nice call. I mean, uh, terrific matchups on both sides uh, could be a shootout. And uh, both guys are attractive. Yeah, and then uh, over in uh, in Houston, there they have the Minnesota Vikings coming in. Another high over/under total, a three and a half point uh, favorite for Houston at home. 
And uh, we talked a lot about at the beginning of the week that Houston has had that brutal matchup. They've had just a murderous row of defenses they've been going against the best defenses. Not in the this league. week. Yeah, not this week. So you got Minnesota, who's been injured. Uh, you know, it, you probably won't even recognize who their cornerbacks are because they're so injured. You know, guys off the practice squad and rookies and random guys that are playing their first game. And, you you, you know, so we were talking about Deshaun Watson. He's just licking his chops in this matchup. They, uh, you know, without Daniil Hunter, you know, their star, you know, outside linebacker, rush guy, they don't have much of a pass rush anymore. Uh, their secondary's weak. And uh, Deshaun Watson, I can see him getting rushing yards here, and I can see him just racking up the points. Uh, and I think on the other side, Minnesota will be able to score enough on a pretty weak Houston secondary, uh, Houston defense and secondary, so that the, the game will stay close enough so that Deshaun Watson has to continue to throw the ball. So it could be a nice back and forth shootout again, similar to that Miami Seattle game. So because of that, you got to like Deshaun Watson. You're going to get him at a discount compared to Russell Wilson. He's 7,800 on FanDuel, 6,600 on DK. He's a nice mid price range, and he he's definitely a superstar quarterback in a blow up spot here. And compared to his matchups before, where he was going up against the likes of you know uh, you know ball. Baltimore's defense and Pittsburgh, some of these elite defenses, he's in a great spot here. So I like that. And then the other one that's popping up that's getting really interesting over in uh, my neck of the woods here is all of a sudden Matt Stafford's looking really good. Um, now, I don't know if the national, all the Sharks are going to be on this play or not, but Matt Stafford's looking really good. All of a sudden on the injury report, the New Orleans Saints uh, have to travel into Detroit um, and they are losing their two starting corners now. Um, they were already not, you know, that great against the uh, pass this year, um, but they lost Marshawn Lattimore to injury and Janoris Jenkins. So, again, they're down to, like, Patrick Robinson and some, you know, you're, you're talking about P.J. Williams. These guys just get absolutely torched, you know, and now we got a healthy Kenny, uh, you know, Kenny Galladay for the Lions, and Marvin Jones is still there, and all the other weapons they have. Stafford is going to, uh, you know, they're going to look to pass the ball more. Last week, the Lions took the air out of the ball specifically to try to keep Kyler Murray in that high-scoring Arizona offense off the field, and it did work, even though it was ugly. But this week, I think that they're going to air the ball out because they're going to exploit the weaknesses um, of the New Orleans secondary that because there's just blatant mismatches there. So Stafford's at 7,200 on FanDuel and 5,900 on DK. So what, what do you think about Stafford this week? I do like him uh, for the reasons you mentioned. Those are big injuries to those corners. And Galladay got that week under his belt last week. Uh, so he's back in the mix. Uh, so uh, already high total. I, I like it a lot. Um, my question for you is what about Drew B's Drew Brees on the other side, because you know all about this Detroit defense. You are the Detroit sports man. Uh, you can follow Shane on Twitter, by the way, D-E-T Sports Shane. And you can follow me on Twitter at Language Olympic. We'd love to interact with you there. But uh, w what do you think about the other side of it here, either looking at Drew Brees or someone from his receiving core? We know that Michael Thomas is out. Um, so what do you think about his side of it? So, I mean, uh, the, I'm not really targeting Drew Brees because the, the he hasn't been great this year. You know, uh, sometimes they even rotate, you know, Taysom Hill in there. We've talked about that before. But Drew Brees hasn't looked great. He hasn't shown the, uh, you know, he hasn't shown good uh, arm strength down the field. Uh, he doesn't have Michael Thomas again. Um, and, you know, Jared Cook pretty, is out too. 
Yeah, Jared Cook is out. So, I mean, the Lions are going to be able to game plan against Alvin Kamara. Uh, so I, I still like Alvin Kamara here because he's just going to get so much volume. But the Lions are going to pay a lot of attention to him uh, because he's the, ma- he's the main weapon you have to worry about. Now, if you're looking at uh, running it back with a game stack, if you like Stafford and let's say Galladay or Hawkinson, and then you want to run it back, I don't mind like Emmanuel Sanders. He should come in at super low ownership because he hasn't had a great year. This could be a blow up spot for him or, of course, Traquan Smith, just because those are the last you know good receivers that they have there pretty much. Um, so you could take a look at them or you could just run it back with Alvin Kamara and just pay it for him. Um, but in general, don't love the Saints side. I think that the Lions defense are, are fairly healthy now. You know, I've been talking about, you know, Desmond Trufant every week because I feel like he's their normal corner. And he, I think he's going to play. So, it, uh, you know, I don't even know if Jeffrey Akuda is going to be playing uh, that many snaps. It might be Amane Awarie, who's a higher rated corner in, in Desmond Trufant. So you don't have like really exploitable matchups. The Lions have you know, three or four good safeties. You know, I, I was kind of uh, talking up the Lions, how they picked off Kyler Murray three times last week and almost four times. And and, and they kind of limited that high powered uh, Arizona offense with DeAndre Hopkins in there. Right. So, so I don't think the Lions are a great team to target right now for high DFS. I think this is still going to be a high scoring game. And I think Drew Brees and this guys will get some, but not enough for the super high upside. So it's more of a GPP play. And then I think definitely, you know, Alvin Kamara is warranted, uh, the high ownership he's going to get at his price because all the production is going to come through him. But I'm a little concerned that the Lions are going to game plan scheme specifically against Kamara and actually limit his upside, though. I, I will tell you that much because um, I, I just think that the Lions defense are really underrated. People don't understand that they're they're finally healthy now and that, that they're actually they're actually an ascending defense. And I know that people think Detroit Lions defense, absolute garbage. I understand that. But I'm just telling you, I, I, you know, I, I know a lot about this team and that they are an ascending defense. Um, I would say that New Orleans has a good offensive line, but I think the Lions are still going to get pressure on Breeze and cause problems for this uh, New Orleans team. Okay. Well, I want to ask you a little bit more about that uh, New Orleans rushing attack. Are you ready to transition to the running backs? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So let's start there because, you know, you do have the pulse of that defense, but in terms of the numbers, they are number 30 so far in terms of yards given up on the ground. They're giving up 172 yards per game. So there's obviously going to be a lot of interest in Kamara. He is the most expensive back on DraftKings. But as we talked about on the Thursday show, there's this other guy named Latavius Murray who's probably going to get a bunch of carries. He's in play for me at only 4,900. But I know you like Kamara as well. So, you know, where do you go with that backfield here? I mean, it's the same way as I break down any other backfield. If if I feel like this is like almost a 50-50 split with obviously – uh, Latavius Murray, you know, being pretty productive in the early down rushing g- game and then Camaro being dominant in the pass work. Um, I don't like the fact that those guys have to split there. So, yeah, they probably are going to produce against the Lions and probably produce most of the points for the Saints here. Um, but I don't like the fact they still have to split. And I think Latavius Murray is getting a lot of work, which kind of scares you a little bit. I think he can do pretty good against the Lions defense in the rushing attack. Um, But I think that, you know, they're going to probably have to pass. I think the Lions could actually get a lead in this because of the way this is shaping up. And I know that's hard to believe, but the Lions could actually get a lead and and force the Saints to have to pass a little bit. So that's less Latavius Murray there, more Kamara. But I feel like because the Saints are missing so many of their weapons, it's going to be easier for the Lions to limit Alvin Kamara's production in the passing game. 
Um, you know, they have a lot of really good, uh, you know, I talk about those three safety sets. So they have three safeties on the field that are all really fast, you know, physical type safeties that can get out there and cause issues for Kamara on those pass routes. Um, so I just think that they have the right personnel. You know, Matt Patricia is all about that multiple personnel defense uh, so they can really mix it up in schemes specifically against the, the strength of the other team. So um, so I know it sounds funny, but I, I think Kamara will have a decent game, but I don't think he's going to blow up. And I don't know if I trust Latavius Murray. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be a great game script for him. So, OK, well, if you fade both of those guys, let me ask you about the the next most expensive guy on DraftKings, Dalvin Cook. Uh 7,600. Actually, I may have skipped Zeke, but I, I want to go straight yep. to, yeah, I did. I want to go straight to Cook, though, because he's got an awesome matchup. Uh, the best, in fact, as the Texans are number 32 against the run. They're giving up 188 yards a game. And we, we talked about the, the Houston passing attack, and this is one of the higher totals on the board. So is it possible to go with Watson and potentially Will Fuller? on one side and run it back with Dalvin cook on the other. Yeah. I mean, I have, I don't really have any issue with that. Um, the only, the only slight concern with that is Dalvin cook doesn't really get elite usage in the passing game. Like he used to, it doesn't seem to be. And I project the game script that Houston will be up and Minnesota will be playing from behind. So it's not uh, the perfect game script for Dalvin cook. So that's one thing I don't like about it. And I think if you look at, okay, Houston, um, going against the rush, but they had to go against Kansas City, which Kansas City uh, did a really good job run blocking and getting Clyde edwards helaire going in that game. Then they had to go against Baltimore's run game, if, and everyone knows how good Baltimore's run game is, right? And yep. then they had to go against Pittsburgh with uh, healthy James Conner and company. Um, everyone knows they're, they're a great offense as well. So Houston looks really bad, but I think they're actually more like an average run defense here. Um, against uh, Minnesota is a really good run offense, but I don't think it's the ideal game script. So I'm a little skeptical whether it's worth paying up for Delvin Cook, even though he did look uh, absolutely dominant last week. He looked really good. Yeah, um, but I'm just, yeah, so I'm just a, I'm just a little concerned about that. So I so I don't I don't know if I trust uh, Delvin Cook that much. Uh, to have a blow-up game. And, you know, he was going up against Tennessee, Tennessee's defense, which they're not really that great against the run uh, last week. So I don't think it was that great of a matchup. Uh, you know, I so I don't I don't think Houston is a, that easy of a matchup, even though the ranking shows you that. I think that Houston's more of a neutral matchup. So um, so Delvin Cook's okay, but I don't know if he's worth paying up that type, that price for him. Okay. So, um, so far we've, we've, uh, we haven't hit on a running back that you're, that you're pumped about. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I know you've got some guys that you are, so share a couple of those with us. Yeah. Well, I know people are probably sick of me talking about Jonathan Taylor, but you know what? I'm going, I'm going back to Jonathan Taylor here. I like the fact that you can get Jonathan Taylor kind of lower owned this week. He's going into Chicago. We talked about earlier in the week. It's kind of a perceived, like, really difficult matchup. I don't think it's really that difficult of a matchup. You know, they lost one of their starting defensive tackles. Their their guys are their defensive line's not rated high against the run right now. Their linebackers aren't great against the run. And of course, if you know something about Indianapolis's offensive line, they're just going to keep getting better and better and just pound teams throughout the year. Um, and at Jonathan Taylor, I actually like the game script. Again, we're talking about game script because that's how it's going to project these players' volume and how they're going to produce in DFS. So I think that the Colts are going to get up 
uh, get up on Chicago here, and they're going to feed Jonathan Taylor on the road in a tough physical game. And I think if Jonathan Taylor gets volume, he's going to break a big a big run here. I've been waiting for that for a couple of weeks, and I think this is the week where he can break a big run and get you know upwards of close to 20 carries. And I like him in this game. He's 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 the red zone back. He's the goal line guy. He can catch some passes. And I think this is actually a pretty solid matchup, even though it's perceived to be a, a horrible matchup. And I like he's like a middle middle of the road pricing. He's not super expensive where he's going to blow up your entire budget here like a Dalvin Cook would. So he's 7,500 on FanDuel, 6,600 on DK. And I think he's going to be pretty low owned. So I'm liking Jonathan Taylor here. Uh, and here's the other guy that I think I mentioned earlier in the week and I'm still on it. Super sneaky. And I think he's going to be low owned because people are not, are, again, perceived bad matchup and he's pretty expensive. It's Josh Jacobs for the Las Vegas Raiders here. Uh, Josh Jacobs coming in at $8,000 on FanDuel and $6,800 on DK. He's perceived to be probably priced pretty high, and I think people are going to be either paying up to Kamara or paying down to some of these value guys. So he's going to be the guy that's missed in between there. And the Buffalo Bills are not great uh, against the run. I think they're pretty weak against the run. But if you look at it, most people are going to say, well, it's the Buffalo Bills defense. They're really tough. I don't want to go up against them. I think it's actually a great matchup, and Vegas has a really good line. And I think that that's the way Vegas wins this game. You know, uh, most of their best receivers are out. So what do you think John Gruden's going to do? He's going to pound the ball, you know, set up a few play action plays. Um, so I like Josh Jacobs in this game. If they can get the lead, and I think that the uh, Vegas will win this game, actually. Um, let me see what the what we have for the current line here for Vegas. Uh, uh, it was uh, on BetUS. It was minus three. Bills were the yeah. favorites over under fifty two and a half. Yeah. So even if it even if Vegas can keep it close, I think they'll be okay in this game. Again, this is a Josh Jacobs spot, and this is a spot where he can completely blow up and have one of those games like he had in Week One, uh, multiple touchdowns over a hundred yards. You know, maybe he gets a little work in the passing game too, and at low ownership. So again, another guy that you can get at low ownership that people are forgetting about because again, they want to either pay up or pay down here. He's kind of in between, and they're not going to want to pay up for him. So. Yeah, I liked how Daryl Henderson looked against that Bills defense last week. So I see what you're saying there about Jacobs. I think he could have a similar uh, production in terms of fantasy output. I do think the passing game is in play uh, despite those injuries to Ruggs and Edwards. You know, Renfro could step up. Uh, yep. I think this could be a Waller week. Um, so... Well, and that's good because that allows them to get down inside the five-yard line, and then you know what's going to happen. Josh Jacobs right. is tough to handle down there, right? So I'm fine yes, with those is. guys. they got to be able to move the ball. So you kind of want the passing game to be able to be efficient and then not quite see the seal the deal. You get down the red zone, and Josh Jacobs with his strength and uh, strength and athleticism and balance that he has, ability to break tackles, he's awesome down there. Um, I'll so tell you, great. I do have more faith in Josh Jacobs inside the 10-yard line than Derek Carr. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's not going <laughs> to get robbed. It's not a Josh Allen situation here. That's right. Well, uh, here's a good running back here. I want to get your opinion on. This is uh, kind of popped up a little later in the week. I'm really liking uh, Ronald Jones. I know that's uh, kind of hard to say because Ronald Jones isn't the guy that you usually love. He's kind of usually kind of iffy. But the way that Tampa Bay running game has looked this this year, I thought was really good. And now that Leonard Fournette is out this week with an injury. 
we're looking at heavy volume for Ronald Jones at home against the L.A. Chargers. I think this is going to be an absolute blowout. I think the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers are going to blow out the L.A. Chargers and that Ronald Jones is going to get a ton of rushing volume here. I don't think Tom Brady's going to have to do much, uh, especially in the second half. So we're talking great volume in a great matchup. L- the L.A. Chargers defense is banged up. The uh, They don't rate good against this offensive line for Tampa Bay. has been run blocking really good at an elite level. And Ronald Jones has got that nice speed and break breakaway uh, type talent. And he's looked pretty solid when he's in there. I think he's going to get more production with Leonard Fournette out. And I think he's going to produce at a high rate uh, in terms of running efficiency. So I really like Ronald Jones and you can get him super cheap. Um, because he he was splitting work before. I don't think he's going to split much. I'm not really worried about, uh, you know, Shady McCoy there. So we got 5,600 on FanDuel, and what do we got him at 4,700 on DK? So I don't care, even if he doesn't catch passes that much, I, I really like him even on DK at 4,700. What do you think about Ronald Jones here for a value play? I think it's okay. I, I don't I don't get too excited about him. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'm not convinced it's going to be a blowout. You know, it's it's a low total on BetUS. It was uh, 43. You know, I think it could be, you know, a little bit slower pace, not not quite a shootout. You know, I like the Bucks defense a little bit more, and I know, you know, it's often a very effective strategy to pair the the defense with a running back. So if they're ahead, you know, it could work out for him. But I don't like the I don't like guys that almost never catch passes, and so. You know, Shady McCoy is a problem, not to mention, you know, multiple tight ends and all the wideouts. I just, uh, you know, it's a nice price. Um, There's a couple other guys in that area I like almost as much, if not better. So, you know, I I see why you're interested in him. He's just not sort of at the top of my list. Yeah, I look at it, Ronald Jones, at a cheap price as a guy that can get, you know, 80 to 90 rushing yards. And I think, you know, he's in a spot where he could get two touchdowns here. I know it's hard to project touchdowns, but I just think that their offensive line matches up good. I love their run scheme and the way they've been run blocking when I've watched them. I just think they're really good. I think Ronald Jones has looked good when he's in there. He's going to get a little bit more volume this week. So if he gets a similar uh, volume that he did in week one, uh, he had 17 carries for 66 yards, but he's going up against a much better matchup here. Um, I think that he's going to really produce and he can get, you know, close to 100 yards rushing. And I think he's good for one or two touchdowns. And at that price, I'm all about that. And I think he's going to be low owned because people are, you know, somewhat uh, nervous about him. But I think with the Leonard Fournette news, he is going to get some ownership, but low enough owned. He's a great value play. There's not any like really good, like super low value plays for at running back if you're trying to get there. So I think he's a good one. That's why he stood out to me. Yeah. Well, we talked about Latavius Murray. So there's another guy in that price range you could look at. And then one other guy that I kind of like on DraftKings is Gio Bernard. And we do have some uh, injury news there with that backfield. Joe Mixon popped up the injury report. He's now questionable with a chest. And if he doesn't go, I like Bernard even more. Not not that he's going to go out there and get 14 to 16 carries. But if he can just get a few carries and a bunch of receptions, you know, we've talked about how this is a great matchup for running backs catching the ball against Jacksonville. Uh, so I do like him. In terms of other backups, if Joe Mixon doesn't play, it looks like the candidates would be Samaje Pirine at 4,000 and then Travion Williams, who hasn't gotten any carries. At, he's also at 4,000. So I don't, I'm not ready to trust those guys, but I would, I would roll Gio Bernard out there for 4,400 on DraftKings, uh, especially if Mixon's out. And then 
I want to mention one more running back in that mid-tier where you started off with uh, Taylor and Jacobs, and that is James Robinson in that same game. Uh, running backs against Cincinnati have been excellent this year, uh, 182 yards per game. That is number 31 um, in terms of Cincinnati's defense. Uh, James Robinson coming off a bunch of rest, having played that Thursday night game against Miami. So I like him at 6,500 on DraftKings. Yeah, and one thing to keep in mind with him is he typically doesn't play on third down. So I don't know if I would expect as much uh, production from the passing game. He got a lot of those garbage time checkdowns, and he was super efficient in that Thursday night game. But he's, he doesn't really play uh, much on third down. They got, what is it, Thompson, uh, who's more their third down yeah. back. So, yeah, so that's the only thing that makes me nervous about him, especially in a PPR format. Uh, and the other thing, since I'm trying to sell you on Ronald Jones over here, uh, Ronald Jones last week did get four targets and two catches for 20 yards. So he did produce a little bit in the passing game. If he can just get similar production in the passing game and then get the rushing projection that I'm looking at, then, uh, again, he's an excellent value play. So so Good there stuff. you go. Ronald Jones week. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. um, last one I do want to mention is uh, Singletary with um, the questionable tag on um, – Zach Moss with the toe, you know, he, I guess he got in some limited work here at the end of the week, but it is a toe injury for running back. So I wouldn't be surprised if he sits, you know, the challenge here is it's a 425 kickoff. So, um, keep that in mind. Again, something I, I also like to stress is if you're building lineups and you have a flex spot and you're using three running backs, put those guys in the flex spot your third running back who's playing at the 425 game. So you can put Singletary in there in the flex spot. And let's say, let's say Zach Moss is ruled in and you decide you want to pivot off of Singletary, then you'll be able to pivot to anybody in those four o'clock games. Yeah. Uh, and to your point, the Indianapolis Colts at Chicago Bears game was moved to the 425 slot, which was previously yes. the Kansas City New England slot. So that's very relevant to what you're talking about. So a guy With Taylor. Uh, yeah, you got Jonathan Taylor, or if you were going to go after David Montgomery or something like that, who's he could be a decent play too, even though he's got a tough matchup. You know, David Montgomery's looked pretty good with uh, with three cone out. So yeah, the, the, yeah, there's some good plays in that in that game at the 425. Uh, now that you're not used to a Chicago game being 425, but it is. Yeah, you know, but they also have like the Dallas game is at like one o'clock every week now, which is weird in Dallas at Central Time. So I don't know if it's something to do with the COVID schedule or what, but there's some weird weird uh, times that you'll have West Coast or Central teams playing at the one o'clock slot which is like what 11 a.m or whatever for them so not really sure what that's about but that's fine but those are all things you have to keep in mind yeah no i'm glad you mentioned the change in the chicago indianapolis uh, kickoff so very important to keep that in mind all right shane you ready for some wide receivers yeah I mean, we got quite a few here so we better get to it <laughs> all right well we've already talked about this seattle passing game with lockett and metcalf i know they're strong candidates for you yeah, I mean, I like Lockett better. Uh, he can line up in the slot or line up more opposite of Xavier Howard. I think Xavier Howard's still a decent corner, and he'll be on DK Metcalf, which I know we talked about earlier in the week. DK Metcalf is almost like matchup proof. But I think, again, uh, Xavier Howard would be physical with him, could run with him, and could limit his upside. Where with Tyler Lockett, I don't really see anyone that could that can uh, limit his upside in this game. So I still like Tyler Lockett more as we did last week as well. I mean, DK is super talented, but Tyler Lockett overall 
is still probably better hands, better route runner, you know, a lot quicker and can get more slots in the snap and, and the, more more snaps in the slot, which would uh, create a lot of mismatches. He's, he has a great matchup there in the slot uh, against this Miami weak uh, secondary. Um, so definitely like Tyler Lockett here. Um, and then we mentioned uh, Kenny Galladay, you know, up against a great matchup. There's no one that can cover him for New Orleans. Uh, Matt Stafford will target him often and early. He's their number one red zone target, and he's just, he's going to get some deep balls in this game. He'll get some, you know, intermediate deep balls and some deep shots here. And if he hits on a few of those with Stafford, it's a blow-up spot for Kenny Galladay at 7300 on FanDuel. And I think I mentioned earlier in the week, I think his DraftKings price is way too low at $6,000 for Kenny Galladay. He, I think he has upside of, you know, somewhere around eight catches, 120 yards and potentially one to two touchdowns here. So at that price, he's, you know, he's looking really good here. Uh, Tyler Boyd is like way too cheap. Uh, he's in a great matchup here. I mean, I think Joe Burrow's a, a you know, a great quarterback looks for him in the slot. Joe Burrow loves hitting those guys over the middle. Uh, and Tyler Boyd in that, in that slot there is in a great position against Jacksonville you know, and a great matchup against DJ Herndon there, and he's going to get a ton of targets. So he's great, especially in PPR, but I like him on FanDuel as well. He's about $6,000. He's way too cheap. Uh, here's a guy that you that you don't really like that much. Makes you a little nervous, but I think that he's in consideration here. Oh, boy. But I know it's going to be. Like, you know it's going to be DJ Moore. There he is. Uh, so, uh. so I know, I know you don't like him, but you got to keep in mind DJ Moore is the type of guy that you hate, and then he blows up for this huge game. You know, yep. he's the type yep. of guy that can get like a hundred, some ridiculous one hundred sixty receiving yards, and you know, one to two touchdowns. So, see, so here's the deal with you know Arizona. There's really no one that can cover him in that secondary. This is, uh, it's a great game script. When you look at the game script, Arizona should be up pretty big on them. For a lot of the game, uh, Carolina is going to have to air the ball out and DJ Moore is going to get a ton of volume here. They're going to have to have to pass. So he's going to he's going to have a great matchup there. If he gets on uh, Patrick Peterson, you know, Arizona has some injuries in their secondary as well. And there's just it's just a huge mismatch match there, whether it's Drake or Patrick or Patrick Peterson, whoever's guarding him. They really are not going to be able to handle DJ Moore. And this is a big blow up spot. And again, I know he had a bad game last week, which is why I, I know. Another reason why I like him, you're going to get him at super low ownership here. And he has 5,600 on DK, so I think he is going to get more ownership on DraftKings compared to FanDuel at 6,800. But 5,600 is way too cheap. So I know he makes you a little nervous here, but I think he is going to – I think he's definitely in a blow-up spot here. Um, and then, uh, you know, Will Fuller looks – looks pretty good. The only thing that makes you nervous about Will Fuller, he's kind of more of a GPP play is that he popped up on the injury report as a hamstring issue again. Go figure, right? On Thursday, <laughs> he always yeah, has well, a hamstring. The crazy thing is, I was all excited about that duo with Watson and then I saw that and I got concerned, but now he's off the injury report. So, yeah. He you know, he obviously progressed in a positive way and I, you know, I feel I feel more secure about it, but a little shaky for sure. Yeah, I don't think you'd probably like him in cash, but you gotta you gotta hook him up with Deshaun Watson in, in the uh, you know GPPs because he has massive upside here, and this just looks like a blow up spot for him. So hopefully his hammy holds up on him for him here. But it's just, there's no one again, there's no one that can cover him. Uh, it should be a pretty high scoring game, and it's just in a great spot for him. Uh, and then Marvin Jones is really sneaky for the Lions just because, as we mentioned, all their corners are out. Marvin Jones hasn't done anything this year. I feel like we've said this about every week. There has been weeks where I've said I just don't like Marvin Jones at all. But this is a week.
week where he's 4,900 on uh, DraftKings and 6,000 on FanDuel. And he's going to be really low ownership, you know, because everyone is going to be focusing on more Galladay on this team. But he, he he could definitely blow up here. So he's a great GPP play. And then I still like Justin Jefferson as one of the value plays at 5,400 on FanDuel, 5,200 on DK. In that Houston-Minnesota game, that would be a great game stack there. Um, I don't Houston has, like, you know, Vernon Hargraves trying to cover Justin Jefferson. I know he's a rookie, but he's just – I think he's way too quick and way too much speed for Hargraves to cover him. And he's got great size here. So I think Kirk Cousins, you know, We'll be looking for him quite often, and they, they should be down. I think they're going to have to pass a lot. So uh, I think Justin Jefferson should have a great matchup here in a blow-up spot, and he's super cheap too. So what do you think? Anything else you got here for uh, wide receivers? I know that was a lot of guys. Yeah, well, in the in the $5,000 range on DraftKings, I want to mention a couple more. Uh, Devontae Parker, who we, who we mentioned earlier. You know, yeah. Again, Seattle's given up more than 430 yards per game uh, passing. So it's just ridiculous matchup uh for fitzpatrick and parker so i i like that uh and then jarvis landry 5100 uh great matchup against dallas in the slot he hasn't had huge volume here but i think there's a decent chance cleveland will be behind they'll need to throw it a little bit more than they want to uh, so you know this could be the time when he finally clicks and i like that that price for him on uh DraftKings with ppr's is terrific Awesome. Yeah, we got a lot of good wide receiver options here. Absolutely. Especially right, DJ well, Moore. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's got the upside. Yeah, he's got the yeah. upside. He's you know, he's just hard to he's he's hard to pick. Uh yeah, when, when he's gonna hit it. So yep. all right, before we get to the tight end, Shane, let's pause for a minute and let's hear from our friends over at BetUS. Wake up sports betters. Sports are in high gear at BetUS.com, so put down the beer and make every sporting event more exciting by putting stakes on the line at BetUS. Earn bragging rights over your friends as you rake in the cash from each week's betting action. But don't settle for any other book. Choose America's favorite sports book with over 25 trusted years in the industry, BetUS. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, but more importantly, you need a sports book that pays. BetUS has your game with action on football, baseball, basketball, MMA, golf, horse racing, and even esports. No other sportsbook welcomes newcomers like BetUS with their jaw-dropping sign-up bonuses. Sign up now with promo code COACHTALK for 125% sign-up bonus up to two grand. The best in the biz. Now you have the best book in the business with the best DFS provider in the business, Coach Talk. Create your account to make point spread bets, futures bets, prop bets, entertainment bets, live bets, and more. No other sportsbook is as committed to their members as BetUS. Sign up now and get in on the winning side of the ball. Okay, welcome back in. Please use that promo code COACHTALK and get that 125% match uh, from our terrific partners at BetUS. Shane, let's talk about some tight ends here. All right. So, yeah, I think he's at the, the top, top of your board. Yeah, I think, you know, the top guy was, you know, one of the top guys was Kelsey and he's eliminated uh, from yes, the board. Yes. Right. So if you're looking at the top, you know, uh, higher dollar guys, now we're talking now we're looking at taking a look at Darren Waller here. Uh, he's in a nice spot here against Buffalo. They, they're pretty weak against uh, they don't have anyone that can cover him. They're weak against tight ends. They're weak across the middle and they're, they're going to have to attack this uh, Buffalo team. Uh, down the middle, you don't usually want to attack them on the outside. I mean, Vegas doesn't really have any good outside receivers right now anyways, um, and you don't really want to mess with Tr uh, Tredavious White out there, so you attack that that matchup there, and 
I think Darren Waller will be heavily involved in the game plan here, and he'll be targeted often early. He seems way too cheap on DraftKings at 5,200, by the way, and he seems, you know, he's kind of mid-price on FanDuel, 6,700. Uh, so Darren Waller's a guy I like, you know, because a lot of these tight ends I'm not really liking between games that are postponed and guys that are injured and matchups that I don't love or game scripts I don't love. You know, I'm not loving a lot of the tight ends. Um, Mike Gusecki kind of stands out to me. I don't think he's going to get too much ownership. Uh, Seattle looks like a tough matchup, but again, Jamal Adams is out. Sometimes he matches up against these, uh, against these, uh, tight ends, uh, opposing tight ends. Uh, Seattle is weak in the slot and Mike Gusecki often lines up in the slot. He has the highest slot slot percentage of any tight end. So he's a big slot receiver here in a game that should blow up and be a big shootout as we're projecting. And Mike Gusecki coming off a disappointing uh, week uh, last week. You know what I'm going to say about that? I like that, right? Yes, <laughs> That's good. because the, the, the game log watchers will be like, oh, this guy's bad. He, he flopped last week. So I feel like he's in a great spot here. And I think he, he's he could definitely uh, get a ton of production and, uh, and he's, they're pretty much their number one red zone target, you know, as well. So he, he got, I think two or three red zone looks last week, he, you know, caught a touchdown, but I think I'll, he'll produce through, uh, throughout the entire field and definitely be the number one red zone target. And I expect a big game from Miami here. To, hopefully they can keep up and compete with this nice shootout here uh, against the Seattle Seahawks elite offense. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I like my guy, TJ Hawkinson again, even with Galladay in there, um, New Orleans is going to be kind of weak. They're weak against tight ends. They haven't uh, guarded tight ends good. Again, they don't really have anyone that can match up to his size and speed and route running a Hawkinson. And the Lions are going to have to run the ball if they get down a little bit here. Or, or not run the ball. They're going to have to pass the ball more because they're going to probably, if they get down a little bit here, um, and if, if they get up, it's because the passing game is doing so good uh, with Hawkinson. And again, Hawkinson's going to get, uh, I think, more targets this week, and he's in a good matchup. So they, they're going to game plan to get him involved often and early and uh if they're trying to pay so much attention to those wide receivers outside and limit their upside then hawkinson will have more space underneath to work right in those little pockets in the zone uh, coverage there as well so like hawkinson here um what about you do you have any tight end guys that are sticking out to you here i'm not really dumpster diving this week and going too low on these tight ends i'm not i i feel like there's some traps down there so yeah i i want to follow up on on those guys and then i'll add one more at the end and awesome. with with tight ends, I really like to look at past performances against certain teams. There are a number of teams that are just weak in terms of covering the tight end, and I like to exploit those. As you know, sometimes I'll go two tight ends in the same lineup, and I, it, you know, it, it's worked a lot in the past. Um, so with Wall, you mentioned Waller and, and Gesicki. So I want to make sure people are remembering that Gesicki went for eight, one thirty, and one against the Bills, and that's the matchup that Waller has here. And that's part of the reason why I like him, how you talked about wanting wanting to attack the Bills over the middle. So that's with Waller. Uh, and with Hawkinson, we talked on the Thursday show about how much success the Green Bay tight ends just had against New Orleans. And now it's Hawkinson uh, in that same spot. So uh, on the turf, I, I really like him. And then the next guy for me, the one I'll add on to the list here is Dalton Schultz going up against Cleveland. And that's another matchup we talked about on the Thursday show, how Cincinnati was so successful against Cleveland. And it was the same story last year with tight ends against Cleveland. So 4,300, game with a high total. I like Dalton Schultz. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy you can definitely look at. He's one of the better guys in the lower price range. The only thing I don't like about Dalton Schultz is, Schultz is 
there's so many mouths to feed there in that passing game with all those receivers. I mean, his, his target share is like 10% or less. It's a really low target share. So you, you kind of, he's a little touchdown dependent. Like a lot of these value tight ends is that you need him to get a red zone target and, you know, hopefully get a little work underneath here, but yeah, there's just so many elite passing options there. You just don't know who's going to get the production, but yeah, that would be, not, that'd be good to, uh, for a value play that he can get some of those check downs. And like you said, if it's a good matchup is Cleveland has, you know, decent corners, so uh, if this is the best matchup that they like across the middle of the field, I can see him getting some production here. Excellent. All right. Well, before we get to the uh, d- team defenses, just want to ask uh, all the listeners for a quick favor. This is a, a podcast that's in front of the paywall. We're going to keep it that way. If you're listening or watching on YouTube, if you could just give us the the like, uh, that'd be great. You know, a couple of our members have starting the started to use the phrase, just like it, sort of like the old Nike, just do it. So just like it for us and click the subscribe button and make sure you get the alert for when the podcast posts. Again, we're doing four NFL podcasts a week, and we're still doing an NBA podcast for every slate, uh, PGA podcast once a week. So all of those are in front of the paywall, and we really appreciate your support on YouTube. All right, Shane, let's talk some team defenses. I've got a very small list this week. What's your viewpoint here? Yeah, I don't have any hot takes on the defenses there. My list is pretty small, too. It kind of reminds me of last week, and we were talking about the Indianapolis Colts all week, their defense. But, you know, I'm still going with the uh, the Angry Birds, you know, Angry Baltimore, Angry Birds narrative here with Baltimore after they got their, you know, you know what kicked on Monday night here. You know, they, they just have a great matchup. I mean, the Washington offensive line is banged up. Um, so they're just not going to be able to block this this pass rush for Baltimore, and Baltimore has a lot of playmakers in the secondary. So, and Dwayne Haskins is a, is a very erratic, uh, you know, quarterback in terms of his throwing, and they're going to be way down. Uh, I think Baltimore completely blows the doors off Washington here and blows them out because, again, I think it's just a huge angry Baltimore, uh, you know, narrative here. So, by the way, Shane. A couple injury uh, pieces of news here I want to add in there. Terry McLaurin's questionable, and Steven Sims is already out. So exactly, you know, it's, the it's, that just leads to the, the the blowout even more. They have no right. one. They're not going to be able to run the ball much. They they don't really have anyone they can pass to. Baltimore matches up perfectly against them. The pressure is going to be enormous. I mean, Washington's just going to be running for their lives in this game, <laughs> and uh, Baltimore's just going to eat. And I hope people aren't wanting to pay up for Baltimore because they're kind of expensive. They're the most expensive people, and and I can see people going down to the L.A. Rams, which we also like. But the fact that you can get Baltimore at lower ownership, and I think they're in an absolute blow-up spot here. Um, they're just going to annihilate this team. And I love the way the game script is here. I, I love the Baltimore defense. If you can't pay up for them and you need to save those little bit of extra couple hundred dollars, then you can look at the Rams defense. But there's really not that big a price difference. Um, and the Rams are going to be higher owned because I think the perception is the Rams are just going to completely you know do really good against uh, the New York Giants that aren't great but I think the New York Giants still have more talent and a little bit better quarterback and offense compared to the Washington team that's just you know doesn't have anything right now especially if Terry McLaurin's out so and again the Rams are a great defense but I think the Baltimore defense is even better they just looked really bad because they went up against you know, an all world offense in Kansas city that was running on all cylinders on Monday night. So, um, so I think that, you know, people might think Baltimore's defense isn't as good now because they just got shredded by Kansas city, but they're they're I think they're about to find out how good they are. So that's why we like the Baltimore defense here. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, it was, it was Kansas city. So getting shredded by them 
uh, not that unique of a situation. Um, one more that we touched on earlier, Tampa Bay. Again, low total at home against the Chargers and the rookie quarterback, Herbert. Um, you know, they've really stepped it up here, the Bucks defense, only allowing 70 yards a game on the ground and 265 yeah. through the air. So really good numbers. I like the they're, spot they're in as well. Yeah, Tampa Bay's too cheap on uh, DraftKings. You can save a little money there at 3400 That's way too cheap, and they're in a great spot for the Tampa Bay Bucks defense here. So, yeah, definitely love them as well. Excellent. Well, we hope you all enjoyed our run through here. Um, if you want to jump in with us as members, you'll get all the other player advice that we give out. There's a couple other guys at each position that we'll talk with our members about and include on the DraftKings coaches clipboard. And then, of course, we'll finalize our lineups. We give those out about 45 minutes before kickoff. So uh, jump in Sunday morning at DFSCoachTalk.com. Pick up one of the memberships, and then you'll get our full FanDuel lineups, the cash lineup, the GPP lineup, DraftKings Coaches Clipboard, the Yahoo lineup. And then we uh, banter back and forth with any questions that our members have. And, you know, we're really just here to help uh, try to make folks better um, and you know improve the bankroll uh, with making the right contest selection. And so that's something that comes along with our membership as well. Uh, Shane, any final words here about the week four main slate? I mean, this is going to be, you're going to want to, uh, you know, hopefully you can join and become a member, but you're going to want to really keep an eye on the news on Sunday morning um, as the injury news. There might be some more injury surprises. You never know. There could be some surprise COVID tests you know, that are positive that come pop up in the morning too, as they do their final test on Saturday, you know, who knows what's going to happen the way it is right now. So you're going to really want to pay attention to the final injury news. And uh, definitely we love this slate as there's, uh, I think I talked about earlier in the week, there's not really any obvious uh, game to stack. There's a couple good games that we like, and there's just some great matchups and some great situations that I don't think the public is going to be on in general. And I think we're going to take advantage of that. So looking for a huge week four here and really excited for this slate. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll be back again later tonight, early in the morning with our primetime show covering the Sunday night and Monday night games. So be sure to tune in there. Uh, again, follow us on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. You can also interact with the coach who has a little bit more time on his hands now with basketball winding down. Winding down. You can find him at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. And just want to thank our presenting sponsor one more time, betus.com.pa. Wonderful partners. Uh, use that promo code Coach Talk when you head over there. And our charity of choice here, mambaon3.org. So that is going to wrap it up. On behalf of Sugar Shane Caldwell and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, thank you so much for joining us here. I am Andrew Hansen, and be sure to tune in again next time as we look to crush it in DFS.